This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. And alhamdulillahi nahmaduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nasta'gfiruhu wa na'udhu billahi min shuroori anfusina wa min sayyiyati a'malina man yahdihillahu falamudillalahu wa man yudlil falahadiyalahu wa ashadu an la ilaha illa allahu wahtuhu la sharika lah wa ashadu anna muhammadin abduhu wa rasooluhu يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون يا ايها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحده وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به وارعام ان الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم اعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما اما بعض فان خير الكلام كلام الله وخير الهدى هدى رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الامور محدثاتها وكل محتثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار We come to the next hadith in the book the da'wah and the du'a the hadith of Abu Huraira may Allah azza wa jalla be pleased with him he was one of the illustrious and virtuous companions radhwanullahi alayhim ajma'in he set himself aside and above many of the other companions although we don't say that he's from or better than the ten that have been promised jannah but we love him tremendously because he played a significant role in preserving for us the sunnah he was the companion that memorized the majority of the hadith of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam despite the fact that he came into islam late he accepted al-islam 7 years after the prophet made hijra to al-madina sallallahu alaihi wasallam so he missed 13 years of mecca and he missed the first 7 years of al-madina and yet after embracing al-islam in the 7th year with only 3 years left of the life of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam abu hurara memorized and narrated the majority of the hadith he was a tremendous companion from those companions he's a companion who's known by his kunya abu hurara more than he is known by his name like abu bakr people don't know abu bakr's abdullah for an example people don't know abu dhar al ghaffari abu darda those are companions who became known for their kunya more than their name as it relates to abu hurara his name is abdurrahman abdurrahman ibn sakhr abdurrahman ibn sakhr adusi or dawsi al-yamani al-yamani was from yemen originally as i mentioned he was from those scholars that was a tremendous companion so anyone who loves the sunnah he loves ahlul hadith he loves the salafiya then abu hurara may allah be pleased with him he is a different companion 
He's different because of the role that he played in preserving the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and the sacrifices that he made in order to become who he became as it relates to him being a muhaddith and a faqih, someone who knew this religion. May Allah Ta'ala be pleased with him. One of the great scholars of Islam, Al-Imam Ibn Hazm from Spain. Ibn Hazm, he said that he found and he read a book by a great scholar of Islam by the name of Baqi ibn Makhlid. He's a tremendous scholar. He wrote a book called the Musnad, like the Musnad of Al-Imam Ahmed. So this man, Baqi ibn Makhlid, he has a Musnad, but it's been lost. Al-Imam ibn Hazm and other scholars said that the Musnad of Al-Imam Baqi ibn Makhlid was Awsa, Ashma, it was bigger than the Musnad of Al-Imam Malik, Al-Imam Ahmed. Anyway, he mentioned that Abu Hurairah had 5,000 hadith in the Musnad of Baqi ibn Makhlid, and that is a lot for a companion to narrate 5,000 hadith in a particular book. Keeping in mind there are so many other books of al-hadith. Now the musnad that we have now, that is the biggest and the best one, is the one of al-Imam Ahmed. The musnad of al-Imam Ahmed. And that musnad al-Imam Ahmed brought over 3,000 hadith on and from Abu Huraira. So the shahid from that kalam kulluhu is that Abu Huraira is an imam from the a'imma of the companions of the Prophet Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa radiyallahu anhum ajma'een Today's hadith is a tremendous hadith from the kalam al-jawami' al-kalam The Prophet said in it Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam La yafraku mu'min mu'mina Iza kariha minha khuluqa radiya minha akhir Aw ghayruhu kama qal Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he said, it's not okay, it's not acceptable for a Muslim man, for the husband to hate his wife. This is not acceptable for anybody who's married to hate his wife. If the Muslim husband sees a character trait, a character flaw in his wife that he does not like, the hadith said, let him look and let him find a character trait that he does like. This hadith has been put in the book about a da'wah and the du'at. And this hadith is a cornerstone from those important hadith that deal with the ishrat al-nisa, al-ishra. How do you live and continue to get along with your wife? So those brothers who are not married, it takes politics, siyasa, takes a particular understanding. It takes a special man to be able to deal with a wife in a good way. This hadith is explaining that. Ishrat al-Nisa. How to live in harmony with women. Al-Ishra. You have those books of fiqh, of hadith. They always bring this chapter. The chapter of as a husband, a Muslim man, and a Muslim wife. What do you do in order to have harmony between the two? Based upon the book of Allah and based upon the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. This hadith is one of the cornerstones of what the Prophet said concerning the one who wants to be successful in his marriage, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. It is not acceptable, it is not befitting for a Muslim man, a husband,
to hate his wife, to hate her, to have animosity towards her, to, you know, have rancor towards her, doesn't want to deal with her, talk to her, treat her with respect. He hates her, regrets the day that he met her. He may have love for her, but they just don't get along. So they say terrible things to each other, and they deal with each other in a very bad way, which is common. I don't think there's anyone here except that we know people. This is their situation. So the Nabi of Islam, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, was asked by a man, Ya Rasulullah, what is the haq of a wife over the husband? What he told her, what he told him, shows us the ishra. If you do these things, inshallah, these things that help you to safeguard the love, respect, the honor of your wife, the loyalty. You compromise these things, you may, you may not have problems. But if we do what he said to do, you will eliminate, inshallah, and reduce the fitna. If the man doesn't do what he's supposed to do, woman doesn't do what she's supposed to do, it's going to be trouble. He's going to hate her. She's going to hate him. So in regards to this, one more time, let me mention it. It is not okay for a Muslim man to hate his wife. If he sees in her a character trait that he dislikes, let him look for a character trait that he likes. Before explaining any further, clearly this hadith is not talking about if he sees that his wife is an innovator, he sees that his wife has a problem in her aqidah, he sees that his wife is a magician, he's not going to say, okay, I don't like this, but let me look for something else that I like. He's going to say, no magic lady, if you don't get yourself together, you out of here. Can't be doing magic. So if he sees her doing magic, if he sees her on some hocus pocus Islam, if he sees her doing things behind his back, it's going to jeopardize his relationship with his children and their Islam. She's a fatana. This hadith is not applicable. He sees from her, she doesn't respect him. She goes out when she wants, she comes back when she wants, she says what she wants. She has a lot of issues. Are we telling him to be patient with her or her to be patient with him? We're not saying that. We're saying in general. In general, inshallah, as we're going to mention when we come to it, the man said, Ya Rasulullah, what's the haq that the man has over his wife? He said, the haq that she has over you, Abdullah, is you feed her from what you feed yourself. So you shouldn't allow yourself to do what some people do. He goes out, he hangs out, he goes to Tipu Sultana, he goes to Akbar over there on Hagley Road, he goes to these high-end restaurants, but because he has beef and drama and static with his wife, he leaves for her like tuna fish or eggs. And he says, hey, I fed you. Nope. She has to eat from what you eat. He said, number two, from what you wear, you have to dress her in what you wear. So again, he wants to go out, designer this, designer that, high-end clothes, this, that, latest fashion. And he gives her those bummy clothes. And he says, hey, I'm clothing you. The hadith said, you feed her from what you eat, and you dress her from what you wear. And he said, and you shouldn't hit her in the face. And if you do hit her, he said, it's the hitting that doesn't break bones. It's the hitting that doesn't leave marks. He said, وَلَا تُقَبِّحْ And this is something many men fall short of. May Allah help us. From the haq of the woman is, لَا تُقَبِّحْ Which means, you shouldn't say to her, hey, stupid, hey, dummy, you're so dumb. You don't have a brain. Did you get one of those brain surgeries, a lobotomy, and they took your brain out? Stupid. He said, don't do that. If you get upset with your wife, 
you shouldn't say words like that. He said, number five, you shouldn't make hajr of your wife except in the bed. Now, if you make hajr from your wife and you leave the house, now it's going to be a bigger problem. You're not doing the ishra that Allah has commanded in the Quran. And with the Prophet commanded so many things, so many things. We're not here to give a talk about al-ishra, but this hadith is from that. Allah said in the Quran clearly, The women have rights similar to the rights that the men have over them. So we have rights and the women have rights. They have rights similar to the rights that we have over them. The right to be respected. The right to be held down. Protected. The right to love for her what you love for yourself and so forth and so on. Abdullah bin Abbas concerning this ayat of the Quran. Women have rights similar to the rights that men have over them. Ibn Abbas said, for my rights, Ibn Abbas is the man, for my rights, is that I love to see my wife looking nice, and I love to smell my woman, my wife smelling nice. He said, as a result of that, I dress nice for her, and I smell nice for her. So the man, he grabs, he grinds, and we'll applaud him for that. We say, Alhamdulillah, al-salihat. We say, Alhamdulillah, that you got a job and you grafting, but you got to get on top of your hygiene. Just because a man is a man, and he's going to usually be on a lower level of taking care of his hygiene than a woman. It's, it's, it's two different things. But that doesn't mean that the man should smell. Doesn't mean that at all. Someone should be schooling him. Hey, man. You got to raise your hygiene game up. Because to expect your wife to deal with this smell, that body odor, is wrong. You don't want it for yourself? They have rights similar to the rights that are over them. So Abdullah bin Abbas, may Allah be pleased with him, was just letting us know as men, none of you truly believes you love for your brother, but you love for yourself. So you want your wife to take care of your kids. Then you should take care of your kids. What I found... When people invite you and ask you, can you come and be an arbitrator? Can you come and talk to me and my husband, me and my wife? What I found, 99, 98% of the time, both sides want all of the marbles. The man wants all of the marbles. And he doesn't want to give anything. And a lady wants all of the marbles. And she doesn't want to give up anything. And it's never going to work like that. You have to give up something in order to give something. Yes, yes, he has the lion's share of the problems. But you have to be practical. You have to be pragmatic. The reality is the reality. He's made all the problems. Still, if you want to go peacefully from this point, you're going to have to give something in order to give something, in order to receive something. So this hadith is a cornerstone of the Ishrat al-Nisa. How to be nice and live with your wife. If you see from her something that you dislike, then look for something that you like. There's an ayat of the Quran in Surah An-Nisa similar to this ayat, this hadith. Allah Ta'ala mentioned in the Quran, فَإِنْ كَرِهْتُمُهُنَّ 
فان كرهتموهن فعسى يجعل الله فيه خيرا كثيرا عسى ان تكره شيئا يجعل الله فيه خيرا كثيرا if you men dislike your wives if any of you men you dislike your wives you want to divorce your wife it may be that you dislike something that Allah has put a lot of good in it he doesn't like the fact that his wife doesn't like his children to go to his sister's house he doesn't like it because of the beef and the drama that he gets from his family but his wife doesn't want the kids to go because the sister has no deen because the kids their islam is under threat because the sister is really not taking care of the situation he doesn't like the fact that his wife gets him up for fajr he doesn't like it the thing that he's not liking it may be that allah has put good in it like in these issues clearly what he's not liking her for he shouldn't be disliking her for those things but he may dislike something about her really dislike something but allah put in it a lot of good so the hadith the ayah it's not okay for a muslim man to hate his wife if he sees something that he dislikes let him look for something that he does like the hadith said tunkihu al-mar'atu li arba' the woman gets married for four reasons you marry a woman you marry her because she's beautiful you marry her because she has money you marry her because she comes from a good family a good lineage you marry her because of the deen fadfar bidat al-deen tarabat yadat marry the girl with the deen out of all of these four things the one you want to really pay attention to is the deen if you do that you'll be successful now the lady may have all four or she may have three or she may have two she may have one so he married the lady who's religious but she's overweight she's not a slim jim like he wanted or like she used to be she's overweight massively because she gave you five six kids maybe she's thin maybe she's short maybe she's tall maybe her nose is crooked maybe she has very strong glasses maybe she's not a good cook maybe 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 everybody's going to find something from his wife that which he doesn't like you don't like that thing look for the thing that will cause you to like her because listen this hadith is from the juwami al-kalim it's a lesson it's a qaida it's a principle in life this hadith is telling you and telling me telling us if you want to take care of your interpersonal relationships on all levels especially marriage one of the most important levels if you want to take care of those relationships then you have to have something that is known as at-taghaful at-taghaful is when you ignore stuff you saw it you heard it you smelt it you know it you have to ignore it because if you held everybody to every single thing that you saw you won't be able to get along with everybody you definitely won't be able to get along with your wife You don't want a mother and a father who always picking on everything you did. You don't want a muallim or a muallima in the madrasa in the fasl. Always you didn't do this, you didn't do that. And maybe you didn't do it. Maybe you didn't do it. But you have to let some of that stuff go. I'm teaching. I'm teaching. I don't like that noise from this bottle. I don't like it. But I see someone's doing it whole. This person really doesn't come to the class. This person looks like 
He needs to be in the class and around us. I have to let that go. Because if I go off on him, maybe he won't come back again. Some people are ultra sensitive. Even in this prayer. You pray next to someone and you hear the recitation of the Iman. And that person starts to do that recitation on his own. You know Abu slap his lips. You know what I'm talking about? Abu slap his lips. The, the Imam, or maybe they're not. And he's going. <laughs> and you want to say to him, Yahi, the Imam is reading the Fatiha. Or you want to get out of the line. Some people are so sensitive. They say, I'm not coming back to this masjid again. When something happens. Something happens, they go to extremes. I'm never coming to your house again. Never coming back to this masjid again. No, no, no. The hadith said, Al-mu'min al-ladhi yukhalitu nas wa yasbiru ala adhahum khayrun min al-mu'min al-ladhi la yukhalitu nas wa la yasbiru ala adhahum. The believer who mixes with the Muslims and he's patient with what he sees from them, sees from them, hears from them, smells from them, He's patient with it. He's better than the one who doesn't mix with them. And we all have seen those people, I think, when something doesn't go their way, they go extreme. Their response is too extreme. So this hadith of the Nabi, sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa sallam, is clearly showing us the impermissibility, the impermissibility of being a person who looks at your wife and you criticize her for everything. There's no good in that husband or the wife who does the same thing or the mother or the father who does the same thing. You have to let up off of people. The other issue Ikhwani, is, this is important, this hadith is talking about the woman. The man shouldn't hate his wife. But as we mentioned before, this hadith is also applicable to the wife. She shouldn't hate her husband. And this hadith is also applicable not hating other people other than the husband and the wife. Always, it's, it's the husband and the wife? No. It's your mother, it's your father, it's your neighbor. It's the people in the masjid. Don't hate them. You see something about them that you don't like. He gives a khutbah that you don't like. Something you don't like. Well, his recitation is nice. There are other aspects to his existence that in it is khayr. Just don't be one of those people who you have hulu and you go overboard and you expel people and you throw them off of the, 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 the sheet of being beneficial because you saw something in them that you don't like or you dislike. So as it relates to the lady, the woman, we know that the woman has nuqsan. In our religion, we've been informed that the woman has deficiency in her intellect and in her deen. The witness of two women equals the shahada of one man. That's the nuqsan. Not that she's ghabiya, jahila. Doesn't mean that at all. As a matter of fact, more women get master's degree, PhD degrees, bachelor's degrees than men. Doesn't mean that they're dumb. Inherently they don't know. Doesn't mean that. And we also know that from their creation. There's a nuqs. The Prophet says, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, إِنَّمَا خُلِقَتِ الْمَرْأَةُ مِنْ دُلْعَةِ وَإِنَّهَا لَنْ تَسْتَقِيمَ لَكَ عَلَى تَرِيقَةِ وَذَا ذَهَبْتَ لِتُقِيمَهَا كَسَّرْتَهَا وَكَسْرُهَا تَلَاقُهَا 
A woman has been created. The woman has been created from the rib. And the rib is crooked. And it will never go straight for you. Never. If you try to straighten that rib out, straighten her out, you're going to break it. And breaking it is divorcing her. Breaking is divorcing her. So if a man wants to be successful with his wife, he has to practice what the Prophet said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He just didn't tell us words. He told us things to help us to understand that lady, to understand her aqliya, to understand her at that time of the month. Al-Islam came with al-adil and hikmah in our mu'amala. And most times, if the man is just a decent man and he's halfway practicing the Quran and the Sunnah, in most instances, he can call his wife out. And I say, yes, there is a deficiency in women. No doubt about that. Fitna. But from my experience and from what I've seen, the majority of the drama, the lion's share of the drama is coming from the men in our community. It's coming from the men. We have issues with certain women. But for the most part, it's the man. But these ayat and hadith, we don't want to weaponize them. Use it as a weapon against people. A weapon against the woman. No. We know her nature. And her nature is, as the Prophet says, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, she will make a man who is hazim. That man is a serious man. He's hazim. Serious man. He's not to be played with. Not to be joked around with. He's not the one to play with. But his wife can make his brain, can make his brain go, go mushy like. Like really make him, you say, what, what happened to the seriousness? His wife dealing with the woman made him like that. Leaving his house, coming to the masjid with one shoe on and one shoe off. And we say, yo man, where your shoe at? He said, don't ask me about my shoe. You guys are laughing. It's real. He will punch the wall with his fist. His, his fist kick the tire to his car with his foot because he's so upset with his wife. He buy a, a nice big, big TV. He'll kick that TV over and pick it up and be stamping it and stepping on it like that. And he paid all the money. And then when it's all over, he'll say, you see what you made me do. So the Prophet taught us, take it easy. As it relates to this hadith, ikhwani, this hadith is applicable to us, is applicable to them. The men and the women are twins to each other, but the men should have more control over their emotions and they should be more in control of the situation. That's not always the case. As it relates to this hadith here, there is no human being except that he has deficiency. Every sheikh has deficiency. The only perfect who is the only one who is perfect, the prophets and the messengers, and that's it. Everybody else he has deficiencies. The prophet said all of Adam's children, they make mistakes, all of them. And the best of those who make mistakes are the ones who make toba. فَإِذَا جَاءَ أَجْلُهُمْ لَا يَسْتَأْخِرُونَ سَاعَةً وَلَا يَسْتَقْدِمُونَ 
If Allah were to hold mankind responsible for the mistakes and the sins and the oppression that they've done on the earth, Allah would not leave a single person on the face of the earth, but He leaves them there for a certain amount of time. When that time comes, they won't be able to delay it one minute, one hour, and they won't be able to bring it forward. Those ayat, a hadith show, everybody got mistakes. So her husband, he's a good earner. He's a good earner. Her husband, he has good akhlaq. Her husband is truthful and honest, but he has no backbone. He has no backbone. He can't stand up for her haq against people, whether it's his family, her family, outside. So I would tell every Muslim sister, listen, there's a hadith and it's been translated by our brother Mustafa Post, Jazahullah Khaira, and he gave a commentary to it in English. The hadith of Ummu Zara and Abu Zara. You should go back and read that hadith for the sister. The hadith of Ummu Zara and Abu Zara, in which those women came together and said, each and every one of us should mention something about our husband in this assembly. And then each woman started saying, my husband this, my husband that, my husband this, my husband that. Some of them were very negative. My husband is like an arnab, an arnab, a rabbit, a rabbit. That could mean he wants to have relationships like rabbits have relationship, or it means he doesn't do anything. He can't do anything. Different interpretations. The other lady said, my husband is like a lion. He comes up in the house just biting people's limbs off. By the time he goes back out, if you look back in my house, there's blood everywhere. The kids' heads are bitten off. The foot is off. The, 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 a hurricane went in there because that's how my husband is. So what does the Muslim woman do? What does the Muslim man do? He doesn't look at other people and have hasid and say, oh, look at them. I wish they wouldn't have that. No, he doesn't do that. He doesn't do that, but he looks and he says, you know, this one is worse than mine, that one is worse than mine. Look how his, his wife is, look how, and then you think Allah. Your wife can cook, your wife takes care of those children. Your wife is making jihad, as we mentioned a million times, doing the school run. The school run, and for some reason, I don't know why now in Birmingham, they have road works everywhere. So if you have to take your child to school in the morning, you have to pick your child up in the afternoon, it's jihad. Jihad. But your wife does it every day without complaining. Cooking, cleaning, eyeing those kids. Making salat. And then we have some fathers, we deadbeat dads. You on the scene, you're not on the scene, not giving money, we're giving a little bit of the money, giving a hard time, get married behind her back, this drama, this and that. No, no. So although this hadith Ikhwani is talking about how to have the ishra with our wives, we'll bring it down to why the Sheikh brought it in this book. Why did the Sheikh bring it in this book? Because you have to have this thing with everybody else. You have to have this thing with everybody else. Everybody who's here. If you spend time with them, as we mentioned in the class about racism, all of Adam's children came out different colors. White and black and everything between. Khabif and Tayyip and everything between. 
Hazen, and Sahel. Easy to get along with and impossible to get along with. And everything between. So you're going to see people who it's a problem. Everybody. Somebody showed me his favorite child. His favorite child. Even your favorite child is going to do something to you to get you upset. You're sleeping and your favorite child comes and hits you in your face with his head while he's sleeping. You didn't, you just woke up. You push him off. You push him off. And he rolled over and fell on the floor. Yeah, that's what a person does. He's not responsible. His kid hit him in his face with his head and his tooth. So everybody has that. We're giving dower now. We're giving dower. This is the season of the molid. We're giving dower now. And giving dower, we're going to be rough and tough with everybody out there. Okay, he practices the molid. He's on that molid. Your family is on that molid. I'm not saying it's a simple, easy thing. I told you, aqidah, innovation. But they're regular people. They're regular people. They're like you, they're like me, they're like your wife, they're like my wife. That when we see from her something we don't like, let me not chop her head off and destroy the relationship. Let me not do that. Same thing with the person on the molding. I don't want to destroy them. At least they seem sincere. At least they seem like they want to know. Allah mentioned ayat in the Quran وَمِنْ أَهْلِ الْكِتَابِ مَنْ إِنْتَأْمَنْهُ بِقِنْتَارٍ يُؤَدِّهِ إِلَيْكِ From Ahlul Kitab, Jews and Christians are those people. If you leave them with a trust and a manna, you left them with a whole treasure, a billion pounds, a million pounds, you left them with a whole treasure and say, hold this till I get back. They'll take care of it until you get back. Look for a character trait that they have. So it's baffling. The person comes into Islam and his mother and father kuffar. And somehow, someway, Islam causes him to turn into an anti-sociable monster, a beast. He looks at his mother and father and he looks at him and says, Non-stinger making kuffar with najas in their clothes. And he looks like that at his parents. They have najasa. Non-stinger, making pork-eating, hummer-drinking, lying. And that's how he's looking at his parents. Brother, something's wrong with you. Something's wrong with you. The way we should be looking at our family members is with the eye of Rafa and Rahma and Lutuf. Feeling sorry for them. Feeling, feeling, feeling remorseful for them. Having hope for them. That's our job when it comes to Dawah Allah, Ikhwani. When it comes to da'wah Allah, the da'i and the da'wah. Look at the people and say, yes, that guy, he got up and he prayed every single day. Instead of coming to the masjid early for the two rakat of the sunnah fajr, he comes, we're praying, he goes to the side, he prays those two rakat. And he doesn't want to leave it. He doesn't want to put his foot next to you in the salat. These things, he doesn't want to do it. But he's praying in the masjid every day. Every day. And then there's the Salafi brother who you have camaraderie with and you go, but he never prays Fajr on time. Can't pray Fajr on time. He's talking about the Mawlid, the Mawlid, the Mawlid. But he's falling into Aquq al Walidain. Disrespecting your mother and your father is worse than the Mawlid.
It's worse than the mawlid. So he doesn't do the mawlid. Alhamdulillah. Bid'ah. Bid'ah. Kabira from the kabair. But being disrespectful to your, ma- to your mother and father, worse. Not getting up for fajr, worse than the mawlid. Not getting up for fajr is an action of kufr. So now, we're giving dawah. The man makes a mistake. It's an honest mistake or whatever kind of mistake. He says something as simple and as easy and as generic and as innocent as, but a Sheikh Yusuf al-Qardawi said that. And because he said Sheikh Yusuf al-Qardawi, this person says, you're an innovator. And then cuts him off. Come on, brother. Come on. Come on. What kind of religion is that? What kind of religion is that? He just made a mistake. How many people called them sheikh? You don't suspend people for things like that. That's just an example. He did a podcast over here. He went to that masjid over there. He said this thing or that thing. You're going to reject him because he made that mistake? Billahi Ali. You're going to reject him because he made that mistake? Because he's a dying. And what about the awam from the Muslims? Just the regular cats. Regular people. Well, he's the friend of the person. That's all. Just his friend. So we expel him. She got married to the person. So we cut her off. We're living in the time of drama and fitna and jahil and vul. This is a crazy time that we're living in. So in giving dawah, ikhwani, we have to put people in their right places. Our relatives and the Muslims who we know, who don't have knowledge. But if you ask those Muslims, hey, let's give these Syrian people some money. These people give you a thousand pounds, two thousand, five thousand pounds, sadaqah, for those issues. And we won't give nothing, anything, but we'll go to Momos and eat. And that's permissible. But how are we going to look at them as being no good? That's khair to give that sadaqah. And it's khair that you're a student and that you're doing what you're doing. But take it easy with the ummah. That's the reason why Sheikh Ali al-Halabi brought this hadith here. And before concluding, I say about Sheikh Ali al-Halabi rahmatullahi alayhi without any ghulu and going overboard. Anybody who got a chance to meet that man, anybody who got a chance to meet that man, that's one of the things about his character that would jump off of the table at you, right off out of the book at you. How he was an anis, like anis, anis. He was mutawannis. He was a person who was very sociable. You'll never get tired of being in his presence. Sheikh, older than you, encyclopedia, serious, heba. But he knows how to joke with people and be with people. Not the joking that goes overboard and his haven respect goes out of the window, but he knows how to be with people. Wallahi akhwani, I've seen with my own eyes here in Birmingham, in Leicester, people get degrees, master's degrees and stuff like that. And you look at some of this behavior in terms of the antisocial behavior. Is that a sheikh? I'm telling you, if I was a new Muslim and the sheikh is like that, real rough and tough like that,
harsh, coarse, bland. Nah, I don't want to be around the sheikhs. If that's how you're going to treat people, you can't treat people like that. That would be in the service of the people, and the khidmah of the people, not way up there. The people have to get with the program. So that's the meaning of today's hadith ikhwani. As it relates to our wives, first and foremost, it's a principle in al-zawaj and the nikah, al-hayat al-zawjiyah. This is a principle for every married person. Whatever you don't like in your wife, she has a plethora of other things that you can like. And another issue is shaitan, you know, because shaitan, as the Prophet said, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he puts his throne over the water every day. He sends his ansar out, they come back, what you do today? I caused this man to kill him, I caused him to say this, I saw him there, and this one said, I split a man between himself and his wife. He said, come sit with me on my throne, because he loves that. He loves that. You're married to your wife when you first hooked up, she was the greatest thing since sliced bread. You was really into it. Now it's only one year and you're, you're, you're complaining. You're going to always complain. Always you're going to complain. But remember, she's going to complain as well. And also, shaitan. Shaitan will always make you believe that the grass is greener on the other side of the fence. That grass ain't green on the other side of the fence. You'd be happy with what you have and work that situation out and appreciate what your wife brings to the table. Even today, we should go back home, get them something nice, whatever you want to do, and say, I appreciate you took care of my babies. I appreciate you put up with me. You put up with me. I appreciate you held my mother down with respect. I appreciate this jihad that you're doing. I appreciate you gave birth to the baby. You carried that baby around. We have a million things. So why is it your mother, your mother, your mother? Because there's nobody like her. There's no one like her. And that's why I really didn't mean to do that that Friday. I was just stressing out. I was like stressing. From the stress that I had, I just wanted to tell the brothers in the community, we should appreciate our wives because they make a jihad. Okay, if you guys have any questions, you can put your questions forward. I want to thank Brother um, Nur al-Din for making the tasweeb of the ayat, mashallah. We don't have any problem with anybody from this masjid coming and saying, you said that, that was wrong, this is right, this was right, and we're going to rectify that thing right there in public. وَعَاشِرُوهُنَّ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ فَإِنْ كَرِهْتُمُهُنَّ if you guys have any questions, you can put your questions forward. Let me ask you a question. Al-Imam Ibn Hazm said the greatest Musnad, even greater than the Musnad of Al-Imam Ahmed, was which Musnad? There's a piece of, piece of Ahlul Hadith information. What's the greatest Musnad according to Imam Ibn Hazm? And the fact that Imam Ibn Hazm read this book is a big important issue in the knowledge of Al Hadith. Baqi ibn Makhlad. He was from the Shamiyeen. He was a tremendous scholar. So he has how many a Hadith of Abu Hurara? 
in the Musnad of Baqi, in the Musnad of Imam Ahmed, 5,000, and Baqi, and 3,000 in the Imam Ahmed. Also, I forgot to tell you,、uh, Abu Huraira, he died in the year 60, 60. He died in the year 60 after the Hijra of Al Mustafa Al Mujtar, Al Mukhtar. Baruch Post. You're on a roll today, brother. You're on a roll today, brother. Mashallah. Al Mu'min Mur'atul Mu'min. We're mirrors to one another. Eight for the AQ. With the Iblis? Allah Alam, did the scholars say that they are a shayateen of the men who go to the throne? Allah Alam, it could be possible, right? Because these people are plugging into the jinn and things like that, getting famous people, their careers back, rich people, money and things like that. People go into contracts with them. But does that happen over the throne? Allah Alam, Allah Alam. Any more questions, Ikhwani? What's the beginning of the ayah? وَكَذَلِكَ جَعَلْنَا لِكُلِّ نَبِيٍّ شِيَاطِينَ الْإِنسِ وَالْجِنِّ كَذَلِكَ جَعَلْنَا لِكُلِّ نَبِيٍّ عَدُوًا شِيَاطِينَ الْجِنِّ وَالْإِنسِ هكذا ها Okay يُوحِي بَعْضُهُمْ لِبَعْضُ زُخْرُ فِي الْقَوْبِ Any more questions, Ikhwani? All right, inshallah, we want to keep these numbers up, bismillahi ta'ala. But I、uh, want you guys to write a little bit. A few students are writing, but ahlin, ahlin, bikum, welcome everybody. Hadha wa sallallahu wa sallam wa barak ala nabiyyina wa ala alihi wa ashabi ajma'in. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org.